We'll fix this one of these days. Oh, praise God. It's fixed. Amen. Lord God, you can be seated. Aren't you glad for the blood? How many of you remember what it was like to be lost? The hopelessness, the joylessness, the uh, misery, the searching and not knowing where to search. How many can remember what it was like to be lost? How many of you are thankful that the blood washes away your sins? Ain't God good? Ain't God good? Ain't God good? Oh, the blood. <laughs> what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Can we go back into Oh the Blood? Come on, sing Oh the Blood. Yeah. Can we just do that? Is that all right to just take a moment? Just take in our last Sunday here. Just remember Oh the Blood. Man, praise you, Jesus. It can be done a cappella, it doesn't have to be done. you to worship God because of the blood. Come on, thank you for the blood. Praise for his sacrifice, for his blood. Come on, praise him for the blood. 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Dwayne. That was really cool. I never really looked at things that way. That's really awesome to think about the blood. This week, we should in particular be thinking about the blood and be thinking about the cross. And uh, I just, in case you didn't hear, I'm sure you did. Uh, word travels fast. You wonder, hey, how come nobody told me that we had a building until last Sunday? Well, I literally didn't make it to the lobby before I had people not in this service texting me. <laughs> That's how fast y'all gossip. <laughs> ah, that's so good. Praise God. Well, God's, uh, God's, God's done a journey for us, hasn't he? We have been on a journey. God has, has taken care of us. We would have been really in a mess if we had stayed at Central Parkway and through COVID. I don't really know how we would have paid the bills, to be honest with you, and uh, gone to movie theaters and schools. And God has made it so clear every step of the way, and God has made it so clear that this is our next step. I am very excited about us being uh, out where we're going to be next week at 1030. Look at your neighbor and say, church is at 1030 next week. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Yes, it's been a long time coming. Now when the Bengals play at three in the playoffs, we can all be at there watching it together. We don't have to worry about church. And uh, I'm thankful we're in our own place. We're going to be able to do ministry. God is putting us in a community, watch this, that is ready for us. And here's the big thing that the Lord really put on my heart this week. He trusts us. God would not put us somewhere that he didn't trust us with his precious community. So God's good, amen? And uh, he's directed our paths. Um, tomorrow, if you can come out at any time, we have lots of needs. We're going to have a 30-yard dumpster. And somebody said, oh, we're throwing away their junk. I said, no, we're throwing away 1930 junk. And I'm not kidding when I say that. So we're, we're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. If you would like to come and help, you can do that. Uh, they're, they're, they have accumulated a lot of stuff through the years. They, the places, the, the parts of their church that they use is very nice, and there's nothing wrong with it. They do have some areas that need some tender, loving care and some things we're going to have to do. And uh, here's a thought that we've not thought about in five and a half years, but think about it like this. Um, we're, we've got a... Uh, I don't know how you would call it. It'd be like a, a home welcoming party. So if you'd like to go by Sam's on your way to the church tomorrow and buy a big old thing of toilet paper <laughs> for the church, we don't have any. <laughs> we ain't bought toilet paper in five and a half years. Or paper towels or a vacuum cleaner. We're going to have to clean it. We ain't had to clean nothing in five and a half years. Some things are changing now, but... It's worth it, ain't it? Is it worth it to get in our own place and praise God? Amen. Um, this is a community that needs Jesus. And what better than to send to us? And I've already heard through the grapevine. You'll be surprised. I know most of what all of you say. Everybody rats you out to me. <laughs> Poke your neighbor say the pastor hears it all. <laughs> 
So I, I know who all's had major concerns about parking, and perhaps, perhaps you haven't been one to say, oh, there's not much parking. Let me just help you with that. We've got not only a business, but we have the entire high school that has given us permission this week that said just park there and fill the whole thing up. You can park there all you want. So we don't, we will never, we don't have a, enough building space to put people for all the parking that we have. We've already purchased a bus. They've been all over that and a little stand-up bus, a little short one, but you can walk down the middle and sit on either side. We're going to show you where to park. You can see the high school from the building, from the church building, and you're going to be able to park there and park there and park there. There's like 300 parking spots just there. There's a business on the other side that has allowed us permission. God has given us favor. But check this out. When I, when I reached out to the school, I just said, hey, we want to come partner with you. That's what we did in Deer Park Schools. We'd like to partner with you and help you out. And left a note. And the principal called me back this week, and she said, hey, I, Pastor Howard, I understand that you want... You want to partner with us? I said, we indeed do. We would love to help. She said, well, what do you have in mind? I said, well, I said, we were very uh, helpful to the school system in Deer Park and just believe a church should be serving the community, reaching out, helping out the students, teachers, everyone we can. And she said, well, she said, I'm a new principal here. So she said, I don't really know every need we have, but she said, I'm going to get with some people. And she said, yes, we would love to partner with you. She said, I can tell you right off the bat. Now, this is like putting the fish in the boat for us. She said, I can tell you right off the bat. She said, our young men need some mentoring. Do you think we can get some men to help mentor them from the church? I said, I believe we can do that. I think we can absolutely do that when a school principal of a public school wants to send their kids to our church to be mentored. And we're going to give them Jesus and the word. Amen. Yeah, I think we can do that for you. So I said, we, we, we were going to need some overflow parking. She said, is that just on Sundays? I said, yeah. I said, we don't have enough parking, I don't think. And I said, we'd really like to use your parking and bust some people over. She said, come every Sunday and park all you want. It's all yours. I said, okay, thank you very much. She said, I'll be in touch. I said, I look forward to hearing from you. So God's already working things, amen? I said, God's already at work. Well, about two of you believe that. I said, God's already at work. Amen. We do have water baptism after this, at the end of this service. We're going to baptize some folks in water and kind of end. Just take a look around, if you would, one more time. And what a blessing this has been for the last two and a half years, about two years and nine months. And uh, what a blessing. And I want to just say thank you. I know Church on Fire is not here to hear this, but can we at least show our appreciation to Church on Fire. Just say thank you. I know they're not. Maybe they're watching online. I don't know. But I really appreciate Pastor Doug Combs and Church on Fire. They've been a godsend for us for the last two years and eight, nine months, whatever it is. Thank you. If you're watching, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Um, and... Uh, there was one more thing. I do want to thank one more time. I know I did it last week. We had a little ice cream party for him this week. But I'm telling you, the, the, the hours, the, the amount of time and energy that our setup and teardown team has done for the last five and a half years, and some of you have done it the entire five and a half years. I would like for you, if you have done at any point in time, set up and tear down for this church in the last five and a half years. I want you to stand to your feet. Now, I want you just to stand for just a moment. 
and, uh, and don't anybody do anything because we've had people do it at the, at the Kenwood Theater. We've had them do it at Amity Elementary. We've had them do it here. So there are people standing. For everyone else not standing, we would not have had church the last five and a half years if it wasn't for these people. Can we show our genuine appreciation for the setup and the teardown team? Thank you. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. We appreciate you very much. Amen. So I have a word for you today. Um, and when the Lord laid it on my heart at the time, I didn't know we even had the possibility of having a building. Um, and this is one of those pastoral words, so I'm just going to go with it. Someone say, go with it, Pastor. It's in my last message for the Born to Make a Difference series, and it, I've, I've titled it um, Born to Give Honor. So we're born to make a difference, and this message is born to give honor. Poke your neighbor and say, you're born to give honor. Now, if you will, you don't have to stand, but just you can look on the screen behind me. And uh, I just have one scripture that I'm going to read to you, and then we're going to dive right in. Next week, I start a series on Jesus, and uh, we're going to have great Jesus, the Savior, Jesus, the healer, Jesus, our protector, Jesus' name, and it's going to be great. But uh, 1 Peter 2.17, um, and everyone, if you've got it, I want you to shout out a good amen. Hopefully, you've got it on your phone, but at least looking on the screen behind me. Everybody say the first three words with me. Honor all men. Now, men there is general in the Greek, which means not just the male species, but humankind. So, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. In some of your translations, it'll say honor the emperor. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for what you're about to speak to us. I thank you for the challenge you are about to present to us. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, you anoint me to speak your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. I'm asking you, Lord God, that you will just enlighten our spirit, Father God, in this meat eater's delight. I pray in Jesus' name, God, that we, you arrest our attention and you let this word sink into the depths of our soul and our spirit and our heart and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Right where you're sitting, just hold your Bibles up, whatever form you have, and let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. High five somebody right next to you and say, this is a meat eater's delight. This is not a milky word today. There's a little old man. He blinked his eyes and his hands trembled. He clattered his silverware when he tried to eat. He'd miss his mouth more often than he would hit his mouth. Food would dribble down his face onto the table, tablecloth. And he lived with a son who was married. No one else to go, take care of him, nowhere else to go. And there he was in the house. And the young son's wife wasn't real happy with the arrangement. 
She felt as though she couldn't eat in peace. It was always a mess. She was getting very flustered. She said, I can't have this. This interferes with my right to peace and happiness in my own home, and I just can't deal with this. So her and her husband took the older man, his father, firmly by the arm and placed him on a stool in the corner and gave him a clay bowl to eat out of and said, well, maybe that'll help with the clanking and we'll get him out of our sight a little bit. And there he sat, blinking, holding that clay bowl. They'd put his food in there like he's a dog. And one day he got to trembling really bad and the clay bowl fell to the ground and shattered, and food went everywhere, and she, the daughter-in-law, is just exasperated. She says, I, I'm just not dealing with this anymore. So her and her husband made a little wooden trough, and they put his food in a trough, gave him no silverware, demanded he eat out of a little wooden trough with his hands like he's, a, like he's an animal. Well, they had a four-year-old little boy that they loved dearly, and the son noticed that he was playing with some bits of wood one day, and he looked, he said, son, what you doing with that wood? little four-year-old boy looked up at him for approval and said, I'm building a trough so that when you get older and I get older, I'll have something for you to eat out of. So when I get big, you can eat out of a trough too. They looked at each other, didn't say a word. They began to cry and sob and realize what incredible monsters they had become. They walked over to the father and they gently grabbed him by the arm and led him to the table, sat him in a comfortable chair at the table, and never again, for as long as he was alive, did they ever worry about clattering silverware or spillage on the table. They decided to honor him you know, we live in a culture of dishonor today. Today's society has no respect and honor for God. There's no respect and honor for the elderly. There's no respect and honor for children. There's no respect and honor for bosses at work or even owners of companies who give the people the jobs and the ability to make and earn a living. We live in the most disrespectful and dishonoring society in the world, right here in the United States. In other countries, they take care of their older loved ones until they die. Here, the majority of Americans shove them away somewhere, hoping that they don't have to have their lifestyle interrupted. We disrespect the wisdom of our elders. We don't want to hear from our elders. Is it okay if I give you a meat eater's delight today? Is it okay if I get real with you today? Y'all are really quiet in this Presbyterian church. Is it okay if I be Pastor Dallas today? But I want to tell you that while society may be heading that way and while we do see nothing but great dishonor, it seems like in our society, that is not the character of God and that is not the character of his word. The word honor in Greek means to prize. It means to fix a valuation upon to revere and to venerate. Webster defines it as to regard or treat someone with admiration and respect or to regard. I have a question before I even get into point one. What would happen in the church in America or even beyond that in America if we all prized one another, if we all fixed a great valuation upon one another, 
if we all revered one another and we all venerated one another? What would this society in which we live be like? And that leads me to point number one, and point number one is this. Honor God. Poke your neighbor and say, honor God. I'm going to be real practical with you today, and I'm just going to challenge us because this is the word God gave me today. Honor the word of God. Somebody say the word of God. Watch what Jeremiah 35, 13 says. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, go and say to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, will you not receive instruction by listening to my words and honoring them? Says the Lord. Did you know when you hear the word of God and you obey it, the Bible says that's honoring the word of God. When we listen to what God says through his words spoken to us and we say, yes, that's for me. Yes, I need to do that. That is called honoring the word. Well, when we hear the word of God on a message like today and we say, I really don't like that and I'm going to do things my way. We're actually dishonoring the word of the Lord and God. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 in the New Testament. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be what? Honored as happened among you. We honor the word of God when we obey what it says. Honor Jesus in your heart. 1 Peter 3, 15 says it this way. But in your hearts, poke your heart right here and just say in your heart. Matter of fact, personally, I say in my heart. Are you... I would say you can have some fun. You can really poke the neighbor next to you and say, in your heart. Be careful, easy. (laughs) But in your hearts, what does the next word say? Honor Christ the Lord as holy. Did you know that sometimes we do the wrong thing with the wrong heart? We do the right thing with the wrong heart and we're still wrong for it. Did you know it's possible to do the right thing, but if our heart's not really in it and our motives are not right, it is not honoring to God. God says, I don't just want you to honor me and honor my word. I want you to honor me in your heart and how you're doing. In other words, don't begrudgingly do what's right in the sight of God. Do it willingly because you want to honor God. Somebody say amen. We want to honor God. Jesus said about the Pharisees, he said, you honor me with your words, but what? Your heart is what? Far from me. Honor God with your finances. Proverbs 3 and 9 says, what's, what's the first word? Honor. Honor the Lord by giving him what? The first part of your income. That's tithe. Did you know every time you write out a tithe check, every time you tithe and text to give, every time you tithe giving online, you are honoring the Lord. Every time you give an offering, you are honoring the Lord. When you come tomorrow to clean his house, if that's what you come to do, or throw some garbage out, or paint, or whatever it is you do, if you come by, you are honoring the Lord. Whatever you do for him, you honor. But listen to me, the, uh, the opposite. I feel this so strong in my spirit. When you refuse to give God his tithe, you are dishonoring the very God who saved your soul. Is it all right to be, is this okay? I told you this is a meat eater's delight today. I know. There's not a lot of pastors that would preach this. I'm okay with that. I'm going to go with what God says. 
There are some who say they love God. Watch this. They say they love God week in and week out. Many, they'll come, they'll raise their hands, and they'll worship God. And all week long, they got the fish symbol on their bumper sticker. And they go to work with the cross wearing. And they've got scriptures on their desk. And they say how much they love God. And week in and week out, I love God, I worship God, I live for God. And they come in the house of God, and they don't give him his tithes, and they're dishonoring him. How would your finances change if you chose to finally honor God with his tithes and offerings? Show honor for God in worship. Oh, boy. Honor for worship means being present when worship starts. If you show up 10 to 20 minutes late in worship regularly, it shows a lack of honor for God. The same people who say, well, I just can't make it to church on time, make doctor's appointments on time. You make other appointments in your life on time. Is it okay to preach like this? Say, preach on, Pastor Dallas. Making your entrance halfway through worship is dishonoring to the presence of God. It says, God, you're not worth my time to show up on time and give you honor. It says, God, you're not worth the 10, 15 minutes that I'm late. I'm a, I, I, I feel strongly to preach this today. Do we think about the presence of God like that? It is dishonoring to God when we're singing songs about the blood and the resurrection and have our hands in our pockets saying, boy, I really hope they get done with this soon. I really want to get on out of here. How is that honoring the presence of God? The very God that we pray to all week and say, God, I need you to meet my needs. But we think nothing of dishonoring him and his word. The very God who we say, Lord, I thank you at Easter time. You died and you're resurrected and you gave your life for me. Praise God. But I, we think nothing of dishonoring him. I literally had a man in this church since I've been pastoring here tell me, oh, I don't go upstairs during worship and all that racket. I had an agreement with the former pastor. I'd catch people coming in late because I don't like all that racket, and I'll just show up for the sermon. I said, oh, I didn't know the presence of God was racket. What a dishonor slap in God's face. We got to remember who we're in here to worship. It's the Savior of our souls. This is God we're talking about. Somebody say Amen. I know, poke your neighbor says, amen, roll me today, I know. <laughs> Pastor, we thought you'd be happy, you got a building, I am happy. <laughs> How would your life be different if you honored God at all times? Eric Liddell was a son of Scottish missionaries, and he became a celebrity preacher and missionary himself. He possessed a very unique talent as a young man, he could run like the wind. He was amazing, but he was an ugly runner. One Olympic, Olympic team trainer said he was the ugliest runner there was. His arms flailed. They called him the, the, fly, the flailing and the flying Scotsman. But he was an incredible athlete. He was captain of the cricket team and the rugby team. He became known as Scotland's greatest athlete ever, but he was the ugliest runner. He was an incredible 100-meter dash runner. He was the best in the world by far. The 1924 Olympics were held in Paris, France, and he was going to run the 100 meter and for sure win the gold. 
He was so good in the 100-meter dash that one race prior to the 1924 Olympics, he was actually tripped by a Frenchman, got, went, fell all the way to the ground, got up on his feet, and outran everybody and still won the race. And just 100 meters, that's pretty astounding. I mean, this dude was a runner. But on his way to France for the Olympics, he found out that his race was going to be on Sunday. And he was such a devoted Christian and wanted to honor God's holy day that he said, well, I'm not running in it. Well, Great Britain wasn't happy because he was going to be the gold medal winner. And boy, it greatly reduced their chances. They didn't even anybody else could win it. They tried to press him on it. He said, no, Sunday's God's day and I'm not running on it. Well, he took his stance he stood out of the race, refused to run it. Well, when he did that, one of his teammates running the 400-meter dash said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to stand down and let you run mine, even though he knew he didn't stand a chance. He was mediocre at best in the 400. He'd run it a few times, finished in the top 10 at best. He just wasn't any good. No one thought he could win. Nothing was looking well. Well, the day of the 400-meters race came, And as Liddell went to the starting blocks, an American trainer came over and handed him a piece of paper and said, the Lord told me to give you this. Eric Liddell opened up that piece of paper and all it said was, him who honors God, God will honor. He raced the whole 400 meters with that piece of paper in his hand. Not only did he win the race. He set at that time not only an Olympic world record, but an entire world record of 47.6 seconds in a race he not only never won before, but he never had a prayer of winning before. Because he decided, I'm going to honor God. And the scripture that the man gave him was found in 1 Samuel 2 and 30. And it says, but now the Lord declares, far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor. Someone shout amen. Amen. Do you honor God with how you serve him? If you're up here on this stage, do you play the instruments and practice all week? If you're a singer, do you sing and prepare or do you show up and practice and not know your words? Show up to practice and you hadn't even touched your instrument all week and you just hope to just kind of flail through it. Is that honoring to God? If you're a greeter at the door, do you pray all week long? God, let my smile be infectious. Let my love and my warmth be uh, tear down walls. God, anoint me. Do you show up early with a good attitude or do you flail in 10 minutes late? Ah, it don't really matter. Hey, how you doing? Go on there. It's a sanctuary. For me, how do I honor God? Do I fast and pray during the week? Do I study? Do I prepare? Do I just, on Saturday night, let me just open the Bible. Let's just see where it falls. Well, that looks good. We'll preach that today. How are we honoring God? I I told you this is a meat eater's delight today. This is a check up from the neck up and the neck down. Because if we're not careful, we can go into some kind of rut of business as usual and forget the preciousness of Almighty God. Listen, when the Levites had to do things for God, if they got out of step, they dropped dead in the Old Testament. We, we must hold dearly the presence of God in our lives. Somebody say amen. 
God is moving in small groups. God is moving in here. I didn't even know it, but last week somebody got saved. I think we've had three Sundays in a row. Somebody's given their heart to Jesus. We need to hold dear and precious and honor the presence of God in our church. And that leads me to point number two, and it's about to really get real now. If you think it was bad before, here we go. Point number two, honor your public leaders. Oh, it's going to get quiet now. 1 Peter 2.17, honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Watch this. Honor the emperor. I find it interesting that fear God and right after it comes honor the emperor. Honor the king. Honor the emperor. So watch this. I want to tell you who the emperor was at this time. It was Nero. He was the first guy that was against Christianity. And he was nuts. Nero is riding around in his chariot with his gay lover. And they're strapping Christians to poles on a dark street. He looks over with his arm around his little gay lover. And he says, hey, watch this. They poured flammable oil over the Christians and they lit them up. And he said, okay, drive us down the lit street. And they would laugh and frolic and have a great time while they watched Christian people burn alive on poles. That's the man God said, honor. Paul knew who the emperor was when he wrote this. Beyond Paul, God wrote that. This is the guy that God said, honor. Hang on to your bootstraps. And yet some Christians feel like they have the right to dishonor the president. The governor, the mayor, and public leaders just because they have a different viewpoint. God said, they're not burning you alive at the pole. I told you in the book to honor your leaders. Worse than that, making fun of the president because of some of the things he can't say correctly is dishonoring to God. I, I feel a call to repentance in this message. How dare we go to a community where God is placing us and ask God to work and change the community when we dishonor the leaders of that community? How dare we say, God, let us see 100 million souls be saved in America and dishonor the president whom God placed there, or at least allowed to be there? How dare we say, God, bring revival to the state of Ohio and Cincinnati and dishonor the leaders who are leading us. I'm going to keep on preaching. Honor your public leaders by submitting to their authority. 1 Peter 2, 13 through 14. God didn't say you had to like it. He said you had to honor them. Watch this. Submit yourselves. What's the next four words say? For the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. Whether to the king as the supreme authority, that's the emperor in that day, or to governors, for us it would be president, who are sent, who are they sent by? Who are they sent by? Oh, I knew I wasn't going to get a whole lot of response today. Let's say it one more time. Who sent those men there? To punish those who do wrong and command those who do right. Look what Romans 13, 1 through 7 says. I got an education on this. It's going to blow your mind. Let every person, poke your neighbor and say, are you an every person? Of course you are, right? 
Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from who? Every leader in this world is there by God's doing. He say, man, you're telling me God put that crazy guy over in Russia and then our president can't even talk right and all this. Are you telling me God did that? God allowed it? Absolutely, I'm telling you that. Either that or his word is a lie. So I'm going with his word. God sometimes will give a nation what they want. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by who? Honoring doesn't mean agreement, and I'll get to that. Therefore, watch this. Whoever resists the authorities, whoever's in leadership, resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment, whether you get judgment in the natural or you deal with it with God. For rulers are not a chair to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good. You will receive his approval. Watch this. I got blown away with these next few sentences. For he is God's servant. Everybody say servant. That also can translate in some translations minister. For he is God's servant or minister for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. That's one reason I believe in capital punishment right there. The sword is used to kill. God as it says capital punishment is fine. All right, for he is the servant of God, the minister of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoing. So they're carrying out God's wrath. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. So we have our conscience is right. For because of this, you also pay taxes. Did you know if you don't pay taxes, you dishonor God? For the authorities are ministers... Or servants of God. It's the same Greek word. Attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Watch this. Everybody say it with me. Honor to whom honor is owed. Okay, watch this. In verse 4 and 6, every one of you saw. Twice in verse 4. Once in verse 6, it says, For public leaders are God's servants or ministers. Watch this. This blew me away. I didn't know this. I I just studied this for the first time myself. A public leader who is called a servant or minister in this passage, it is the Greek word diakonos, which is the same Greek word in the Bible for deacon of a church. God says, the public leaders I have allowed to be in place, they're my deacons for the world. God says the deacon or elder of a church is the same as the public leader in society. Called them the same thing. Look to your neighbor and say, they're God's public deacons. That blew me away. Churches and Christians should have public prayer for those in authority. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3. First of all then. Everybody say first of all. Paul's writing here. Ultimately the Holy Spirit. I urge. He's saying with everything I've got, you've got to do this. Watch this. I urge. I plead first before you do anything else. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Watch verse 2. For kings 
and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. We've got to learn in the church world that we've got to look past the public leader that's there into the office God created and pray for that person and pray God change their heart. We've got to also pray God put Christian men and women in that office that will make decisions based on the leading of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Somebody say a good amen. amen. Say that's good preaching, Pastor Dallas. Amen. Pray for honor all leaders. One third grade Sunday school teacher was trying to teach her, you know, value your family. And she taught the kids that the commandment, honor your mother and father. So she said, all right, we've dealt with a commandment with your parents. Now, honor your mother and father. She said, can anybody give me a commandment that would deal with your siblings, your brother or sister? It got real quiet. After a long pause, one little boy piped up, and he said, I do, thou shalt not kill. <laughs> yeah. And finally, not only do we honor God and honor public leaders, point number three is honor all people. Everybody say all people. Let me start with your wife, guys. Honor your wife. 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. Notice it doesn't say that the woman's showing honor to the man, although that, that needs to happen. He's pointing out men here. Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Listen, if you don't honor your wife, your prayers ain't getting past the ceiling. You honor your wife by opening doors for her. If you can get there in time, I can't ever get to a door before mine. But when I do, I open it for her. Because by the time I get out of the car and get to the restaurant, she's at the table already. <laughs> honor your wife even if she isn't honorable. How different would your marriage be if you honored one another? George Bush Sr., President of the United States, and Barbara were in Texas on a road trip. They got out on a long highway. The limo driver said, I'm so sorry, but we've got to pull over and get some gas. He said, oh, no problem. They pull over to a little service station. Guy comes out full service back then. He's pumping the gas. Barbara's looking. She rolls the window down. She says, Kenny, is that you? He says, Barbara, is that you? Oh, my goodness. They start, you know, they went to school with one another. Well, he finishes up. They say, oh, great. They roll on. President Bush sits up. Shoulders go out. Shirt comes out. He says, well, Barbara, he says, if you'd married him, you'd be a gas attendant's wife <laughs> and not the president's wife. She reached over and patted him on the leg. She said, George, George, if I'd married him, he'd be president of the United States. <laughs> One way that you can honor your wife and all people is to walk in gentleness. Use gentleness. Did you know that gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit? It's one of the things that I'm praying daily for my own life. God, help me to speak to people with love, kindness, gentleness, and courteousness. Help me speak about people that way. Help me treat people that way. 
Speak to even your opponents, 2 Timothy says, with gentleness. Not to anyone like a second class citizen. Not speaking with roughness and arrogance. But with gentleness showing honor. Again, honor doesn't mean agreement. You can look at somebody and say, well, brother or sister, I just can't agree with you on that. Because the word says this. And that's an opposite of what you're saying. And I, I have to side with the word. I love you. I show you honor. But I can't agree with you on that. That's how we're supposed to disagree. Look what Ephesians 6, 2 through 3 says. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live a long life on the land. Listen, if you want it to go well with you and live long life, honor your mother and father. Even if they're not honorable, and that can be a challenge, I know. Honor your parents even if they're not honorable. And honoring them means that it includes when they're older and you're grown. It never stops. What would your home be like if you honored one another? Let me finish this with a very sensitive topic and then tell you about how we're going to enter that church next Sunday. Racial and class issues. Let me tell you how to solve them all. There's a spirit of division in America. I'm Republican, I'm Democrat. You know, I'm Antifa, I'm not. And there's division everywhere. One state against another. Everybody's divided and against one another. Fragmented. It is a spirit of the devil and not God. How do you deal with racial and class issues? Well, 1 Peter 2.17 says, honor all people, all men. That's everyone. 1 Peter 2.9 says, you are a chosen race. That's the human race. We are all one race of people under the mighty hand of God. James 2.6, he says, you have dishonored the poor man. God don't take it lightly when you dishonor someone, especially those with less means or less ability than you. Honoring all people doesn't mean you honor the wealthy more than the poor. Somebody say amen. So let me just hit the principle of honor for just a second. And I'm telling you, you're going to shout over this. All racial, class, and gender issues are solved with one word. Honor. If I honor you, I don't have a problem with the skin color you've got or your culture or your beliefs or any of that stuff. I can disagree, but I'll still show honor and we can live peaceably together. Somebody say amen. amen. One word can fix this country. Honor. Honor looks past a person's clothing, past their skin, past their beauty or lack thereof, to the spiritual image of God within them. Somebody say amen. Honor says other people are a creation in the image of God and that red blood we were just singing about washed their sin away too. The story of the Good Samaritan is a great example of this principle. Listen, we've got to defeat all racial, class, and gender divisions with public demonstrations of honor, unity, and brotherhood. Somebody say amen. Look past the outward circumstances of any person you come into contact with. There are some that are going to come in that don't smell like you. They don't look like you. They don't behave like you. They're going to have a different culture. They're going to have a different race. They're going to be of a different belief system. Guess what? Show everyone honor when they walk through the doors. There are people that are going to start coming to our church immediately that are different Honor them with the kindness and love of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Every person was made in God's image and he died for them. Whew. 
When you dishonor any person, whether with their words or actions, warning in your mind or not, you are dishonoring God. Honor all people. This doesn't mean agreement. Again, you can still show honor and disagreement at the same time. I've looked people in the eye before. I've had to deal with some tough stuff. I've had to deal with people sitting in my office and say, you're not, you're not honoring God. You're, you're doing things that are wrong. I love you, and I'm not trying to beat up on you, but this is what the Word says. If you honor all people the same, you glorify God. When you show honor to people, God will open their hearts to Him. Whew, let me say that again. When you show honor to people, God will open their hearts to Him. What would this world be like if we all honored everyone? You know what we're going to do next week? We're going to go in and we're going to honor those people that are in that church, that whoever shows back up and who's ever left. We're going to treat them with dignity and respect. We're going to love on those people and make them feel like they're part of us because starting next Sunday they are. We're going to honor their building and their property. We're not going to go in there looking down on a certain section of the building or property and nothing like that. We're going to honor them because those people have done the best they can. We're going to honor those people because many of them have been there for so many years. It's been their prayers has kept the doors open this long. We're going to honor and love on those people. Somebody say amen. Do you, do you, are you with me on that? We're going to honor them. We're going to honor that community. I don't even know how many people tell me, oh, pastor, that's a bad neighborhood. I said, praise God, that means we're the light and dark place. If you're saying that to scare me, you ain't scaring me. All you're doing is putting fuel in my fire. Oh, pastor, I don't know about that neighborhood. Well, I do. That's where people need to be saved. And that's where we're going to love on people. And that's where we're going to see them get saved. And we're going to see revival. And we're going to see lives change. And we're going to see the crime rate go down. And we're going to see people snatched out of hellfire. And we're going to see marriages restored. And we're going to see it go from a bad neighborhood to one everybody wants to get in. Woo! That stuff don't scare me. You know what it does to me? It says, praise God, you put us in the right place. Hallelujah. And you know what that means to me? God says, I can trust Bridge of Hope Church. Because I can't just send anybody in there to dishonor those people. But I got a group of people that have been in the wilderness out by Indiana at 3 o'clock for two and a half years. And they're just so desperate to get in a building, they'll actually honor everybody who walks through the doors. They'll actually love on the people. They'll actually win them to Jesus. They'll show up in the week and pray. They'll prayer walk. They'll do everything they can that by all means they may save so Glory to God. I say, Lord, bring them on. Pastor, I don't know. They're coming high. I went to church high before. I wasn't pastoring at the time, but I better make that clear. I know one pastor in San Diego, he looked up and there was smoke bailing out in the middle of the church. He said, dude, are you smoking weed in service? He's like, you can't smoke weed in here. Dude. Pastor, you don't know what, 
You don't know where some of these people have been. You don't know where I've been. There's some things I won't ever tell you. Don't look at me like you got halos over your head. I better just go on now. I'm almost done. Go read the songs of heaven in the book of Revelation. Just read Revelation this week. Or just sometime. Just scan through till you see the songs. They start after chapter 4 verse 1 and they go from there. Almost every, listen to me, almost every song in the book of Revelation has the word honor in it. Do you know why? Because the culture of heaven is honor and it's like gravity on earth. It is the culture, it's the gravity of heaven. Everyone honors everyone up there. It's the character of heaven. When you get to heaven, you will be equal. All divisions will be gone and replaced with new gravity and character called honor. In the old days, they would have duels. You remember duels? They'd march a certain pace and they'd turn around. I don't know what these guys were thinking. I'd be like, okay, I'm taking a sh- one step short and I'm going to shoot you in the back and I'm going to live. Amen? <laughs> but they didn't do things like that. If somebody felt they were dishonored, they would take their glove off, throw it in the ground, and that was it. The duel's on. It's like high school fight. They'd get pistols, put it in their hand. They'd march a certain set. They'd turn around, and whoever got blood drawn first or died was the loser. You know, this is not a fun game to me. (laughs) And it was all over honor. You dishonored me, so one of us is getting shot. Did you know before President Andrew Jackson became president, he was was so much on honor, he he lost. I don't know. They don't know how many duels he had. He lost 15 duels. He survived 15 duels. When he was president, they said he had so much lead in him, he rattled. <laughs> because he, it was honor. Honor. You, you defiled my honor, man. You defiled my woman's honor. Somebody's getting shot. We're not putting up with this. Listen. When we honor God and all people, how many of you want to see a great revival? I mean, seriously, how many of you want to see us go to that community and see God just save souls by the droves? Do you want to see that? It's very simple. We honor God and we honor people. Who wants to to show honor to God today? Who wants to show honor to public leaders? Who wants to show honor to your spouse, to all people? I hope we can lay our pride down long enough to come and pray a prayer of repentance that says, God, if I've showed dishonor to anybody, I'm sorry. I repent. God, if I've dishonored you, I repent. I want to see God save and change so many lives. And to me, it doesn't matter if they're the people nobody else wants or the people everyone else wants. I can tell you this. As your pastor, I want them all. Well, but what if they behave? Okay, well, that's we're going to disciple them and help them with that. But I want to see God 
some grandma somewhere has been praying for that loved one and saying, God, I don't even know how you can possibly reach that person. God says, I do. I'm going to move Bridge of Hope over there. And then people are going to pray until you flow rivers of living water out that church and down them streets till they come running to that altar until they get saved. There's mamas out there that have been praying. I don't have any idea how you could possibly save my loved one. And God says, I do. I'm going to send Bridge of Hope over there. They're going to love on them people and honor them. They're going to see their lives transfer upside down in one way, right in the other for the glory of God. Is there anybody out there that would say, number one, I need to repent, first of all. Number two, I want to be a person that shows honor. I want the community to look and say, man, I don't know a lot about other churches. That Bridge of Hope Church right there on Roosevelt Avenue, close to Pippin and Northwest High School, man, them some people's got God in there and they love people. Everybody's welcome there. The altars are open. I, I sure hope we can pray. I sure hope we can find it in our hearts to come and say a prayer. And as always, if you can't kneel down at the altar, maybe find the front pew as a place. Can we do that now? Can we just empty out of our seats? And say, number one, God, I need you to forgive me for ever dishonoring. Holy Spirit, bring to everyone's remembrance right now any dishonoring any of us have done. And secondly, God, I want to honor. I want to honor all people. Just lay yourself at an altar and say, God, I'm yours. I want to be part of the answer, not, not more division. I want to be part of the answer for a community that's dying and desperately needs salvation. I want to be part of the answer. I want to honor everyone who walks through those doors. I just want to love them. I want to share the love of Christ and the gospel of Jesus with them.